She's raw yet real, unapologetically menopausal and uniquely anointed. Carlika Baznight Mendez is so much more than a black woman who is the international face of menopause. So get ready to get all the tea when this grind becomes so official right now. Beautiful people, greetings and welcome to The Grind to Find. Tara and Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, helping high achievers find fluidity between their emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being while bridging the gap between who they are in service and who they were designated to be by our creator. Boy, oh boy, today is going to be quite a day in the neighborhood. You know, the month of March, if y'all don't know, which you should know, but that's okay, I'll go ahead and tell you anyway. This is National Women's History Month, all right? And so today on the show, I have a very special guest. And when you're talking a little bit about women's history, she is the international face of menopause, a black woman, a sister. So not only is she able to speak to what menopause means for women and just the process going through their bodies, because it's something that's not just about the physical, it's about the emotional and the spiritual, but she's also able to specifically speak to the black female experience. Carlika Baznight Menendez is in the virtual studios today, and I'm so excited to have her here. You know, I think that it's always important for all of us out there who have platforms and we're out there doing service in our own way to make sure that we connect with others doing great things around us. And so Carlika and I, this is not the first time that we've become acquainted with one another. I had the pleasure of being on her platform before, so it's only fitting for her journey in what she's doing with menopause and and spreading the word and, and debunking a lot of the myths and everything. It's only fitting for her to come here and to be able to share more of what's been going on with her since her journey has taken off to new heights and new levels. So I'm so excited to be a part of what's going on with Carlika right now. So get yourself settled in because today is going to be quite an experience as I share TGD Studios with Carlika before I hop right into the conversation that we had and it was something. Here's a little bit more about Carlika Baznight Menendez. Sound can be defined in many ways. Amongst its variances, there is arguably nothing more powerful than the human voice. One of the most appreciated voices of our time comes through the vessel that is Carlika Baznight Menendez. Carlika Baznight Menendez is the number one black face of women in menopause. An author, award-winning life coach, and prolific speaker with global appeal, Carlika is highly sought out for her innovative approach to wide-ranging topics from menopause in your business and from the boardroom to the bedroom. Carlika has earned both domestic and international respect from the world stage. She is the creator of the Effort Method, the AV, Menopause and Mimosas, and the Ultimate Menopause Conference, Menacon, offering female entrepreneurs the skill set needed to increase clarity, confidence, and consistency to manage their menopause, increase income, and impact the world from the dimension of their purpose. Her coaching and consulting brand is one of a kind as Carlika offers consultation strategies and direction for clients looking to reform their lives. 
I learned from a previous conversation with Carlika that the topic of menopause was more taboo in the United States than abroad. So for Carlika, building what she couldn't find when it came to menopause was one of the primary aspects of her journey. When Carlika visited me in TGD Studios, I was interested in learning more about the emotional and spiritual challenges millions of women face when they face the change. And needless to say, Carlika did not hold back with her insight and wisdom on the subject. Everyone, today is a day that I've been waiting to have. I'm so excited to have my guest in the studio with me today. Her name is Carlika Baznight Menendez, and I'm so excited about this sister because this sister is the international face and voice of menopause. And this is such a big deal, I think, for me and everyone who knows anything about her. If you don't know anything, that's okay. You're going to get your entire life today. But it's so wonderful to have a woman of color to be a face of something that is a part of every woman's life and to be able to not only put a a broad experience for all women, but the black experience to this as well. And we're we're definitely not going to narrow the scope with that part of the conversation. That's definitely a part of the conversation. But anyway, before I get into all of that good stuff, Kalika, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me in the TGD studios today. How have you been, sis? I am doing well. It's look, you know, it's always a pleasure. Look, it's always a time when we get together, right? Off, on, it don't, it don't even matter. Wherever, however. So I thank you for just having me, right? Like we're gonna have a good time. So to all the listeners out there, you all are in for a treat. Um, it's just girlfriend conversation. That's how we do things. Absolutely, you know. And she listen. Every time we get together, it is not gonna be a 20, 30 minute conversation. Never, never that. <laughs> but. You know, it's just uh, um, the the energy with you and uh, the the wealth of of knowledge. So before I even get into the amazing work that you're doing today, um, I wanted to share with the listeners a little bit about your journey before you got to being the international spokesperson, black woman for menopause. So um, please, if you will, I know that you you share with me, uh, you were brought on or menopause was brought on for you very early in life so if you could tell the audience a little bit about what that was like for you so yeah so life before uh, menopause just the everyday woman working um I had my two of my children um yeah church girl um, preacher's kid kids out of wedlock y'all okay so that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day um with those emotions and that mental stress that I was feeling that some people may not even think was that serious but when you've grown up a certain way and this is what's preached to you and now you're feeling like a disappointment right you're feeling like oh my god I'm a disappointment um all the things they were telling me because I had people telling me younger like at 13 oh she's fast and they was equating fast to an open personality right people just didn't take the time to understand your personality I just wasn't I didn't have a boxed in personality but then I started to lose myself because I'm just like you know what they want me to say I'm blessed and highly favored they want me to say I just all things Jesus and all this I'm gonna just give them what they want me to say because I just want people to leave me alone right and so Fast forward in just a little bit, I had heavy menstrual bleeding and like those first two days or so, and you know what, some ladies out there, you may be able to relate that you're literally saying, 
I cannot function those first two days. I mean, not going to work, in the bed, feeling nauseous, all of the things. And so I would always wonder, why is it like this? So then I went to my doctor and they prescribed me some birth control right to say let's help with your hormones because that's what menopause and everything is it's just your hormones they gave me birth controls and I will still be in pain and I'm just like so why am I taking this again not realizing that you all birth controls alter your hormones even way before you even get to menopause so you're altering something that's supposed to function a certain way right never once did we I'm 42 so we wasn't really talking about a lot of holistic remedies or all of the essential oils and all of these different things. We wasn't really talking about that stuff. The same way we wasn't really talking about self-care. It was like, you know what? You graduate, you go to college, you get your good job. Boom, 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 boom. All of the things. So I end up having a total hysterectomy at the age of 30. Simply because of another topic that we don't talk about that much. Especially amongst women of color as we are the highest percentage for endometriosis and fibroids. Now, Paul, I want to pause right there for just a second. Because, I mean, you you always, you drop so many gems and so many nuggets. And you, you brought in, I want to touch on something really quick. Because when you were younger, and like you said, not having that boxed-in personality. And then all of a sudden, younger on, which I know a lot of us can relate to this, the labels, fast, this, that. And so then you started to go through this change within your body. And like you said, hormones going crazy and it gets to a point where you have to have a hysterectomy very at a very young age. Did you or was there a space where some of the labels because you may have had fast when you were younger, but then now you start to go through this change with your body, like you say, feeling like a disappointment, all these different things going on. I'm pretty sure you had your own feelings. And by that point in time, maybe some of your own labels that you subscribe to yourself. Talk about what it was like to have to carry all of that into this unknown territory how what did that do to impact how you saw yourself and then even making the transition moving forward to accepting that this is now my life at 30 I mean I'm glad you said that because a lot of times we do unconsciously sometimes wear the labels and I say labels and lies right because when people were labeling me as fast I wasn't fast I wasn't out there doing anything I was just coming to church loving the Lord Um, I wasn't no perfect teen and all these different things but I wasn't out there having sex I wasn't doing any of those things and people just like oh she fast or this that and third I couldn't help that I didn't have a huge butt or anything but I always when I developed boobs they developed okay they was there so it was nothing I could do about it. So I was like, are they calling me fast for because I'm a little heavier breasted or are they calling me fast because I speak my mind, right? Because I was one to speak my mind. I was the one in school standing up for the person that was getting bullied or the person that was getting bullied at church too. I just was a very vocal individual. I just didn't feel like you needed to be quiet when you needed to express yourself so when I did get pregnant and different things I was just like oh man this what they were talking about this was the manage they were talking about so then I was just so then when I got pregnant the second time I was just like well it is what it is they said they said I was managed and they said I was fast and they said these things so they must be right right so how many times have we said taking on someone else's perception of ourselves 
outside of even as a believer, outside of what God has said about me and outside of not summing me up because I had my kids, one for the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, okay? I didn't get married until I was pregnant with the third one. <laughs> so, but there was no... How can I put it? There was no other training. There was no other restoration for me during that time, right? There was no one. There were maybe a couple of people that really tried to encourage you, but there was nothing to really say, hey, this is the second go around. What's really going on? Or, hey, let's just love on her. And then you're you're talking to someone who where a lot of people didn't know. I had my own secret, right? No, it wasn't drugs. No, it wasn't porn. No, it wasn't anything like that. Um, no, it wasn't stealing. But I had my own secret of having an eating disorder, right? I couldn't get skinny enough. So at 80 pounds, I still looked in the mirror and saw a fat girl. Ribs showing, bone structure showing, all of this stuff. I mean, like, show, and I still saw a fat girl. Not because anyone ever called me fat. Because I naturally wasn't fat not that someone said you was ugly it was my own perception and it was a way of me controlling right and I can relate to that because uh I suffered from the same well, the body dysmorphia where you're one way and you look in the mirror and see something completely and totally different I went through that I was walking around on my pant legs because I was so tiny but I would decline to go different places with different people because I saw this 300 pound girl when I was looking at it and I was about 90 pounds. So I know exactly what you're talking about with that. And I wanted to I wanted to throw this out there, too, for people listening, because I'm listening to what it is that you're saying. And the way those labels make you start to question yourself, I think there's another side to that that I want anyone listening who has probably allowed some labels taking them on as your own. Here's a tidbit that I want you guys to consider as well. And that is, I feel like when I listened to your story, people looked at you and there was, you were so bright. You sound like a kaleidoscope of colors. This child with all this mouth and, and this just a ray of sunshine. You got colors coming from everywhere. And it's funny how adults who are broken can look at children and see things within that child that's something that is, um, it's a breath of fresh air, actually. It, it's hopeful. It's bright. But if someone else is broken, the first thing they start doing is affixing labels to that child that has really nothing to do with that child. It has everything to do with that child having a freedom within themselves that that adult wished that they had and don't even know how to capture it and they grown. Okay? And so that's then, you know, so then you, me, Everyone who's gone through this, you're sitting and you're trying to make sense. Well, when they say that, what does that mean about me? You're trying to make sense about something because uh, you who else wouldn't do that? I mean, that's just the, someone says something to you. You process it. You try to find a place to put it, put it in its perfect yep. slot in your life. But the truth of the matter is, is you can't make sense of someone else's trash. And you we are all too immature, not in a negative way, but just lack the life experience to understand that. That label had absolutely nothing to do with you. Mine had nothing to do with me. If you're listening, yours has nothing to do with you. So I just had to say, every time I talk to this sister, she brings this stuff out of me. But anyway. <laughs> Tara Lynn, that, yo, that was very profound because when I look at it, hindsight, right? 
when I really figured out, you know what, I don't have to per se dim my light. I don't have to change who I am to try to fit in someone else's mold. When I look at it in hindsight, when I think of some of the words that were told to me and some of the conversations, and when I look then at even some of those people of where they were then, and some of them Mm -hmm. still now, you're right. They were broken. Some of them were just in a box of religion, right? They were accustomed to doing certain things a certain way. And so now you have this, what they thought was mouthy. It was never disrespect for anything. I was just speaking truth and you, which was very hypocritical in so many ways, because if you say the truth will set you free, but because I was, I guess, younger, um, and I just spoke the truth, Oh, she's mouthy. She's too fast. She's too grown. Um, I'm not surprised that she had her kids. And then you go through this comparison of your other siblings and all these different things. And now you're right. You're sitting asking yourself, like, okay, what's, what's wrong with me? When in all actuality, you, what they should, should and could have done, you could have cultivated what I was what was already down in me that God placed Mm -hmm. in me, right? You could have cultivated that and helped me bring that out even more so that it could bring more change and more positivity to people around me. And even those. And look, I have to say, not only were you speaking truth, but here's the thing that really burned them up. You were living in truth, living in the truth that they didn't feel like they had the permission and the courage to do as an adult. They didn't feel like they I didn't get the opportunity to do this because of the the box and the dogma of religion. They didn't have the opportunity to do it, even though they really want to do it. And they'd be damned if you going to do it, too. So, you know, that part. So I want to okay, see you, you all you all see how we do. But I want to go ahead because, OK, so we are at 30. So you had your hysterectomy. So um, you have all of these physical changes, emotional changes. All of these different things that are going on, how was it to try to compartmentalize what this is? Because I have to say this, um, when I had a hysterectomy years ago, and I remember one of the things that kept me on the fence about it was because I heard so many different people tell me that when you do that, you're no longer in air quotations. You guys listening can't see me, but Carlika and I can see each other, um, that you're no longer a woman. I didn't know what that meant or what to do with that only for me to go through that process and I'm still woman saying that you know what I'm saying so what was it what were some of the things some of the the the, the myths what were some of your fears what was it like to carp- to com- compartmentalize this thing that's going on with your body and all of the emotional stuff that comes with it and I'm glad you said even emotional and mental because a lot of times people focus on what's right before them or what's going on right then and not really dealing with the things that no one can see, no one can hear, like no one know, knew clearly me with that first consultation. No one knew the things that were really going on my mind, even leading, let's even back up, not even the first consultation, just the idea that this, that the hysterectomy was a possibility, mm. right? You, we hear things, we meet other women who were barely talking about hysterectomies and different things or menopause. And so for me, it was mental, right? I did have those thoughts of, oh my God, I'm gonna be less of a woman, right? Regardless if I didn't have kids, wanted kids or had my kids or whatever, 
I was still gonna be a woman. It wasn't changing who I was. It was just gonna put me into another stage, another transition of life. But I did have those thoughts like, wow, especially hearing the stories, right? Oh, your vagina's just gonna be dry. You're not gonna have <laughs> sex anymore. Um, <laughs> Don't tell me that. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, because um, by this time I'm married and different things, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, you. J- Girl, you're just not going to want it. Um, So many, it was brought out in such a negative light. Then you had women who didn't have a hysterectomy trying to tell me how I should have felt. Oh, well, you know, a lot of women get hysterectomies every single day, every single year. You'll be fine. Did you have a hysterectomy? That's the question. Oh, your answer is no. So you can't tell me how I should feel, even though I had kids. My heart go out to people who may have desired to have children because there are women younger than 30 who've had hysterectomies and different things. And so it was mental. It was a lot of mental. And then, of course, we had a few things and I won't go into that. Um transpire in marriage and different things after hysterectomy so it's just like okay so maybe I am really less than a woman because if I can't please my husband and different things then oh that's why he did what he did right so now you have all of these thoughts that's literally trying to take you over and you're screaming inside but who do you turn to because most people didn't understand or they didn't show any empathy. I wasn't looking for sympathy. Let's make it very clear. I wasn't looking for, oh, poor. No, it wasn't poor me. It was having someone to understand what I was going through. Right? And so it is mental. Yeah. It was a lot of mental. I bet. But you, it, it was. And I said a lot of people don't under, that's the part a lot of people miss. Because I'm talking about the, the, the loud voices in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I bet. I, I can only imagine it, it. Listening to you talk about this process, because it is, it, it, it is a process that you go through even after the day that you have your surgery and the surgery is done. Okay. That part is done, but then there's still life after that and the different transitions that your body goes through. And then, like you said, the stories that we tell ourselves. And then, you know what, this kind of reminds me. This is a little bit sidebar, but like you can have black women who are all different shades and we have colorism. All right. Liking that too. We're all women. I know. I know. I can my, my brain it. We all women and we all go through in some way, shape or form. This physical transformation sometimes is brought on by medical conditions. Sometimes it's brought on naturally. There's there's partial hysterectomies. There's full hysterectomies. There's a dip. But at the end of the day, we experience menopause at some point in time. And then for another woman to stand up who is not even on your journey with what's going on with that to have a say and to have judgment or anything negative. Ladies. We have got to stop this. We have got to. We have to start to um, go more toward curiosity as opposed to judgment. We don't need the judgment. If there's something that you want to know, instead of telling somebody how they should feel, what their journey should be like, who they are, ask questions. I would much rather be asked questions and have the opportunity to share my perspective. So what you did was you took the lead on that because... So you're going through all of these different things within you. Naturally, you're not feeling as though you're getting that empathy that you needed. And and clearly, there um, must not have been 
resources out there that made you feel like not only are you speaking to who I am as a woman and what I'm going through, but speaking to my experience as a woman of color. So tell me how you got from this experience to saying, you know what, I can't find what I want. So I'm gonna go ahead and create my own. Uh, Yes, we're going to take a quick pause right here. But when we come back, Carlika is going to detail what it was like to go ahead and build what it is that she couldn't find. You know, every now and then we have to take a pause in life. And if you can't find it anywhere, then you have to create it. You have to build it and eventually others will come. That's exactly what happened for her. And uh, it continues to happen on her amazing journey. But while I slide on out of here for a minute, enjoy. Gotta get it. We'll be right back. already mine and I sit back and don't get it it's my fault it's a blessing out there for me I gotta get it out there right if you don't see it create it don't I often say I don't wait tables I create tables you hear me okay um <laughs> <laughs> you hear me and and we 
a lot of times we create these tables based on our experiences. Yeah. And in those moments, I did feel like I was I felt like I was the only woman in the, in the world who had a hysterectomy, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> because I couldn't find anyone to talk to. I had some pamphlets, but you know the pamphlets just gave some bullet points that was subjected to anyone going in to have a hysterectomy. It really wasn't tail or fit for okay, well at what stage am I going to feel this or when may I when may this occur, right? So it was just like when things started happening and chain I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute. Um okay, let me research this. Let me pull out my science books or something cuz what did I miss?" Um but I think even more so the community. You I didn't feel like I had anyone to turn to. Yes, I could read and comprehend, but it's a little different when you're going through that right now. We can equate that to someone losing a loved one, right? We know what death is. And I don't care if they were ill or anything. You're still never fully prepared right. for the overwhelm of emotions and whatever may come next, whether it's some family trauma issues or something, even after the person is deceased, right? Because we've seen it. <laughs> like things just start coming out the woodwards and you're like, oh, so that's how you really felt? And now you want to express it. Bad timing. So we can equate that to someone having that that grief of losing of a, of the loss of a loved one right in that moment I don't need you saying but certain things, but I just need the support. I need the community. I need the love. I need the affection. I need these things outside of someone giving you a grief counseling book or a pamphlet on um, the transitions to, to the final last breath. Okay, that was nice. I didn't have a problem reading and comprehending that. But now that person is gone. Right now my reproductive organs are gone. The surgery is over. Which wasn't the best experience um, in itself. Now what? Who do I talk to? Who can I call? None of my friends had a hysterectomy or anything. So I couldn't call them because they, they didn't know. And sometimes even if I don't. I don't have to be directly into someone's shoes. But if I can offer that support to say, I'm here for you. No, I may not understand exactly what you're going through, but I'm just here for you. And so I really did not hear those words. I'm here for you. Right. Right. It was just like, okay, let me and me being the type of person I am have always been. Okay, let me figure this thing out. Like, let me do some research. Let me right. let me see how I can help me so that I, now that I can help other women so no one have to suffer and feel like you're on this journey all alone, left out on a limb and feel like someone, if they just tap you like that, you're just going to literally fall over the cliff. So that's how I got to where I am now because I'm like, I don't want another woman to like have to do all of this hard research and have to do all this hard work trying to find someone just to talk to. And while she's doing all of that, you're doing all of the research. There's no place to put what it is that's going on inside of you and you don't have people to bounce that off of. I I love how your experience drew you to a higher calling that next something and it's so funny how God works because whenever we're called to do something higher isn't it just amazing how taking on accepting the invitation to do that something higher how in doing that something higher than and bigger than ourselves in service to other people 
how it starts to work on the things within ourselves that we need to fix. Isn't that crazy how that happens? That is, I mean, you got to think about it. I will never go through having a hysterectomy again, right? That's done. It's, it's not no reverse. It's not, hey, let us, you know, put your cervix and your ovaries, fallopian tubes back intact. And let that moment is over. For me, that moment is over. Mm-hmm. I can never go back to that time. I'm not going to be on the surgery table again talking about, hey, um, I'm here to get a complete hysterectomy. That's over for me. But it's another woman out there that's on the table today. It's another woman out there that's already have an appointment for next month. It's another woman out there that just got diagnosed with endometriosis or fibroids or something and trying to figure out what option is going to be best for her depending on what was presented to her. Was a hysterectomy presented or was surgery presented? And what effects is that going to have on you? Not knowing that, wow. So it's another woman mentally screaming because you don't know what is life going to be like after the hysterectomy? What is life going to look like for me if I choose not to have the hysterectomy? What is life going to be like if I choose not to have the fibroids? Do I have a chance of getting cancer? Do I have a chance? So many other thoughts, all of these loud thoughts that's going on. And now you're like, well, and who do I talk to? Right. So that's uh, that's what I want to talk about. I want you. To, I have a few things here because as you talk, I'm just sitting here jotting. <laughs> so I want to talk about it. So you did not find what you were looking for. You decided to create it. Please tell the listeners what it happens to be and what it has become. Ooh, so. honestly I would be on video just doing my Facebook lives or whatever and I would literally just I had my water and a paper towel ceiling fan on, drop the air conditioner all of these things going on right (laughs) so people would be asking because I would be patting and I'm like y'all I don't have control over this I'm just gonna I might break out in a sweat and it's gonna look like I didn't ran a 5k and that ain't my calling I'm literally just <laughs> sitting here chit-chatting with y'all and I'm up here pouring down with sweat so then people are like is it hot in your house no the thermostat has dropped down to 60 65 is no the ceiling fan is on and I got a fan right here and they're like I said it's called menopause so then I started like oh people don't people don't really talk about this and so then when I felt myself having a hot getting ready to have a hot flash I'd be like I'm getting ready to get off of here because I'm getting ready to get angry and I'm gonna snatch the wig off and I'm gonna do all these things I I don't want I look I don't want to be indecent because I'm getting ready to snatch these clothes off and so I would get inboxes like thank you so much for just being open and I was just like open about what and they're like just talking about menopause and stuff and I was just like so then it made me start doing research and trying to find people and I'm like so people don't really talk about this that much Mm -hmm. so then one day I was sitting at the table and I was like oh well we're getting ready to create menopause and mimosas so that was my first menopause virtual um, summit since that time we've done four and I was just like, okay. So I prayed about it and I said, okay, menopause and mimosas, like, what you want me to do with this? I literally said, created an ebook, everything, mental management, ebook, all of these things in one day. Mm-hmm. Like, not even a whole 24 hours, y'all. I'm talking about focused, focused, focused. And I really just said, okay, God, 
you gave me the idea. You didn't gave me the vision. What you want me to do? I sat on the laptop and just went to town. Whole event and everything was created. I said, okay, well, um, this is what we're going to do. So we did the first one a few years ago. And then that same year, we did an international one. And I guess I was a little, I wasn't all the way surprised, but I was just like, you would think more so in the era and the time that we're in. So until I started doing research, and y'all, let me tell you, trying to find women of color. <laughs> right. Well, that, and how my first connections were like women in the UK. Like those were my first connections. And I was like, well, they talk about menopause a lot. Like they're doing a lot. So I was intrigued. And then I'm coming on this side of the, in the States. And I'm like, well, then I was like, okay, well, the women over here are not really talking about it. Then I was like, well, let me Google. And when I didn't see no pictures of us and women of color, I was just like, oh, well, that sucks because none of these women look like me. And I was only 30. And then when I would get the comments of, oh, you look too young to be in menopause. And you're right. I am young. However, let me tell you how I got there. I didn't choose to just say, hey, doctor, can I get a hysterectomy today, please? Because I'm tired of having periods or whatever. That wasn't the case. So when I really start diving in even deeper and I'm just like, from companies, corporations with products. And I'm like, okay, I know everyone has a marketing strategy, right? But none of it included me. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, where are the conferences? Where are the summits? Where's this? And I'm just like, waiting on you. A lot of stuff is happening in the U. Look, apparently, waiting on you. Because a lot of it was happening, it was happening overseas. And I was just like, but I don't live overseas. I'm grateful for the connections and different things because I've I've met some amazing women. But I was just like, well, women of color. I've even made posts. Women of color, where are y'all at? <laughs> right. You're having hot flashes. Holla back. <laughs> let a sister know but so then in you doing this how much has that changed are there more faces that have stepped up and teamed up with you and become a part of this so that there is more of a representation of us when it comes to menopause how, how was that part uh, part been it's a journey <laughs> <laughs> um so we're doing the march menopause um menopause march madness and the representation of women of color has definitely been so much better. Okay. And now you're finding more women of color speaking up more about menopause. It's still not there because I know it's more of us, especially with us being the higher percentage of fibroids and endometriosis. It's more of us. So wait, I, I, I want to touch on that. I really want to touch on that because when you talk about, uh, and I'm, I want to touch on this because I know for me, one of the things that I love about talking to you is that you give so much that I did not know because you have a more in-depth knowledge because of experiencing menopause so much younger. So I want to make sure that the ladies who are taking the time to listen to this, that we dispel some of the stereotypes and the myths. And then I also want to get to you talking about defining what support actually is sometimes people think they're supporting and they really not but we'll get there in just a minute so just uh, pulling it back for a minute when you talk about us being the highest number because of the fibroids and the endometriosis talk about that what is the correlation between menopause and those two things 
Get the answer when we come right back. Had a dream that she could do it. Somehow she lost her way and didn't stick to it. She wanted the house, the cars, the money. She did all that she could. In her mind, she was so focused. Doing overtime in the diner. Just wanted someone to wine and dine her. She didn't believe in herself. Nobody does Believe in yourself Believe in yourself Believe in yourself Even if nobody does Don't let nobody tell you that you can't when you can Don't let nobody tell you that you can when you can Don't let nobody tell you that you can't when you can To the doctor for some answers They said she wouldn't make it She couldn't take it She did all that she could Getting sick from the chemo Bank account started looking real low She knew she could make it She wouldn't take it She believed in herself Believe in yourself You can do it Believe in yourself Ain't nothing to it Believe in yourself Even if nobody does Even if nobody does Don't let nobody tell you that you can't when you can First of all, women of color, black women specifically, right? We're talking about between 18 and 30 have fibroids. 
compared to like 6% of white women um, and this is just national estimates you all and nothing that we're saying is just educational experiences um, and different things so anything consult your own professional um, your doctors and different things for your own options or whatever may work best for you but according to that by age 35 that number increases by 60 percent wow and if we're talking about approximately 600,000 women of that 600,000 we're almost like the majority (laughs) because of fibroids and why are we more susceptible to these things you all we got to have a check out your lifestyle right Mm -hmm. lifestyle changes um eating our eating habits exercise the amount of stress sometimes and everyone's situation is different but when your body is always in a state of survival rather than just living and you're always at a high state of survival that cortisol level um, that stress hormone it's always up to here and our rest level is always high and our rest levels are always low because some of the stigmas that we have been be strong you're strong don't quit all of these stigmas and like you said earlier the labels and different things that we've been almost brainwashed to believe yeah indoctrinated yeah absolutely right yeah almost been brainwashed to believe that I have to be strong. I can't break. I won't break. We all have a breaking point. And, you know, on a spiritual note of that, being broken is not always bad if it's done the right way. Right? It's like um, a reconstruction and a deconstruction of a building. If Even if they tear that same building down, but they're going to build it up to be more stable. They're going to build it up to be better. They're going to build it up to be more beautiful. I equate that to us. I equate that to our own journeys that, yes, we may have some broken areas and some broken seasons in our life, but your brokenness doesn't have to be a lifetime. I know I kind of went left. So no, actually, back on no, actually, actually, you didn't. No, you didn't. Because uh, I think that you're right on target because. In the things that you're talking about, describing the different lifestyle changes that we should make if we don't want to find ourselves susceptible to falling into this group, that category that deals with this earlier on, then, yeah, understanding that some of the things that have become normal for us are actually working against us and are abnormal for our bodies. And then I want to add this this little tidbit when you talk about lifestyle out there, too. People, you can you can check this out. Many of you may already know this, but. Uh, years ago when I was in radio before I actually did a show and it was around hair and one of the things that brings on the the fibroids and endometriosis in women is uh, hair relaxers as well as certain hair color that you use so yeah I didn't know that about relaxers so when you're talking about the different lifestyle things your skin is the largest organ of your body so being cognizant of the things that you do um to your body this includes hair everything so not just the the physical things that Carlika is talking about that uh can adjust your hormones it can it can contribute to stress Mm -hmm. but also some of the decisions that we make to look pretty to look good you have we have to really take the time to research the different things that we do and understand that Mm -hmm. even though you may be doing it for a physical reason on the outside you're putting it on externally for a physical reason on the outside it could have internal um, repercussions and complications. So those are some things that we have to talk I mean, Terrilyn, think about it. Like years ago, a lot of times we was like, oh, we don't get sunburn or we don't yeah. get in the sun. We don't like the sun. That's why our vitamin D is so low, <laughs> right? And so, and I'm even speaking from experience. Yeah. My vitamin D 
I want to say last year or so was in the teens. Mm. Y'all, that was way That's crazy. Too, it was low, yeah. low. So I had to get on a supplement. I'm only saying this to say, get your levels checked. Go get your checkups. And whatever they're recommending for you to do, along with your praying self, <laughs> all right, along with your fasting self, do what they're telling you to do. Because over that year time frame with me taking the vitamin D supplements, now my vitamin D is where it needs to be, right? And so that's another thing that women of color are a little more susceptible to having lower vitamin D levels. So look, go outside, get you some sun, get you some supplements, consult your doctor because, and I love what you said, Terrell, the things on the outside, and sometimes we pay more attention to the external features and the external things, not realizing that everything starts from the inside internally to and then it's pushed out externally because this is the thing i don't care how much makeup somebody put on i don't care how good they eyebrows look or don't um <laughs> right because y'all done got a little y'all done got a little outrageous with these Listen. brows but <laughs> right okay either way if you're that broken on the inside where you feel like that your life is not worth living everything that you're doing and masking the pain you have to wash all of that off. And who are you left with? Who are you left with? And so, look, I like makeup and stuff too, but I'm not out here masking anything, putting on the makeup to make a, a certain portrayal or an image of myself. If you're broken, I just want to say get the help that you need, whether that's going to a therapist, getting because your life is worth living. Absolutely. And, and if you're in need of community a woman of color and there there's so many there's a broad spectrum of us out there when i say women of color i'm not talking specifically black women i'm talking non-white women and women of color um if you're looking for community then you're definitely going to want to connect with carlique and we'll get into that in a little bit but i'm not done with you just yet because i really want to have you touch on um you were very passionate when you talked about this journey and support. And I'm going to tell you something, this word support, y'all done messed it up. Some of you out there, and you know what I'm talking about. People talking about, I support you. Let me tell you something. Support is selfless and inconvenient when you're supporting people. If you're not being selfless and you're not being inconvenienced, you're most likely not supporting. It's not just a word that you say. There's like some action that's required with it. So, Within the context, <laughs> listen, because you know, girl, you the people talk about I support you. How? Because you say it. How? So, what? Within the context of what we're talking about today, um, women who are going through this journey with 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 menopause and all of the different emotional, the physical things that that come with it, and the physical changes are what bring on some of the emotional things. What actually? is helpful, actionable support. If someone's listening, because I have lots of, believe it or not, my audience is pretty split now. I started off with mostly women, but I, I'm I'm 54% women and the rest is, is men, believe it or not. So if you are listening and, and they have someone in their life that's going through this, if there's a, a, a young woman that's going through this or a woman, no matter the age, because as we see, this is not an age thing. What is it? in terms of support that's actually helpful that someone can do or if a woman's listening and don't know where to begin you probably might consider asking for in the form of support I would definitely say number one the more that we know ourselves 
and this is from the realm of the mental emotional physical like all the levels the more we know ourselves and even when it may come to our health because our entire well-being is mind body soul is everything our well-being is everything regardless if you're a cancer survivor whether you a domestic violence survivor there's always there's a common ground of overcoming right so support like you said Terry, it's action right how how are you going to support this person when whatever those life's transitions right because we're not just talking about menopause because it's it's a it's a transition right someone going from married to divorce it's a transition someone going to from not having any kids to having being a new mom or a new dad it's a transition someone dying it's a transition so all of these transitions in life right our life is like a commute coming and going coming and going right and we got some pit stops we got some bumps in the road you know you might even slide you know some some different things may be going on but when you think of support and what how people can be there for you number one communication are you in a safe space or you feel comfortable enough to have this intimate conversation with the people around you so for me even in menopause I had to have the conversations right there were certain conversations that had to be had so everyone's on the same um, piece of paper everyone's on the same field to say okay so how can we support it's not a one person thing it's a journey where they say it takes a village to raise a child it takes a village to do your adulting too it takes a village to reel you back in it takes a village to thrust you out there when you're being a little stagnant and slow it takes a village to have the shoulder to cry on it takes a village in your adulting years to have a listening ear so people I think have to be more open to having the conversation so let's have communication right and then respect my feelings yes Right. Respect what I'm saying. You you might not even agree, but just respect that this is how I'm feeling because you can't change how I'm feeling, even if it's at this moment to be in the moment. I know we have a lot of things on our plate and, you know, we wear, you know, everyone say, oh, I wear so many hats. I don't want to wear a whole bunch of hats. Okay. I want to be able to be in the moment because what we're seeing, more people are missing the moment. So even in that time of communication, it's a moment. It's a moment for me to either be quiet. It may be a moment for me just to listen or it may be my moment to share my heart. This is the thing. When you're listening to someone's heart versus just what's coming out of their mouth, there is a difference, right? There is a difference. So communication, and I always say tracking and trending. Track what's going on with your body. Yeah. (laughs) You should be able to explore. No one should be able to tell you more about what's going on with your body. Because even when we go to the doctor. So what's going on? Okay. They're expecting you to tell. They can't do anything or come up with a treatment plan. That's why they have different tests that they run. But when you're going in, you are the one that you have control of the conversation but when they, I remember all the time when you go and they're like, so when was your last period? Um, <laughs> you know, you had a period. Like, like, so I always had mine marked in my calendar, a start date and an end date. Because I was just like, well, I don't know if they're going to add the start in. I don't know what you're going to ask, but I'm going to give you both of the dates. Why? Because with that information, they will be able to tell, okay, we either have gaps or why is it so long? I'm helping them. So help 
the people around you, whether that's your physicians, your therapists, your partners, your children, your employers, and don't be afraid. The last thing would be speak up. People won't know what's going on if you choose to be silent. So how can you show support? Being there, showing empathy, and then being involved. Let's explore this together. Let's experience this together. You might not be experiencing the same symptoms, right? It's like a chemo patient. Even if I'm going with them for that moral support of being there, I'm not the one getting stuck. I'm not the one getting the treatment. But having someone there to hold your hand, having someone there to read your favorite book, having someone there just to um, ease your pain and ease your anxiety, anxiety. That's how we show support. It's what are you going to do? So even today, what actions are you going to take in your own life? Number one, to support yourself because everyone can't do all of the work. It's some hard work, hard work that we have to do. So one, how are you going to support yourself and show up for you? Are you really showing up for yourself? And then you have these expectations for other people to show up for you and make you all happy and make you feel. How do you make you feel? And now we can include other people to invite to invite them in. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. To invite them in into our space, knowing what it is that we need. Because what I needed at 20, what I needed at 30 when I had a hysterectomy, is not the same thing that I need at 42. And that is important. That, that is important. That's extremely important. You know, and you couple things here when you talked about um expectations for others that you actually don't fulfill for yourself that's so important that's so important because I think that um when we're going through things that are difficult that we don't know how to shoulder that we don't know how to navigate we might not even know how to process it's it's um easier to expect for someone else to be able to give you the grace or to fill a hole that you can't feel for yourself. But I love that you said that because people, it all begins with, with it begins and ends with us. It starts with us and, and lead by people are going to follow your lead. Like if you were younger and you go to a friend's house and stuff's thrown all over the place, you throw your coat on the couch. But if you go and everything is hung up, you're going to follow their lead. You're going to hang your coat up. Well, it's the same thing when it comes to your body. And then also I love how you talked about, um, really being aware of what's going on with your body. I know for some of us, especially when our body starts to go through changes, um, sometimes there can be the fear of what is this? This is new. I don't know what this is. And because you're afraid and don't know what it is, some people will take and bury their head in the sand like it's just going to go away. And so I really appreciate you putting out there that we have to be active participants and what's going on with our body. And at least within the 21st century here, technology and things has changed so much that the earlier you know anything, the better it is for the people in the medical field to deal with whatever is going on with you. So thank you so much for putting that out there. I think that's extremely important. So, uh, yeah, that was really always great conversation. So the, the only thing that's left now is... For you to tell everybody who's listening. Because first of all, I told you you won't get your life today. I told you. And this is just the beginning. But I know you want more. I know you want more. So please, Carlika, tell everyone how they can connect with you and uh, get more. Look, I am across all social media platforms. Carlika Bass Knight Menendez, right? Just start typing in all the letters in the alphabet. <laughs> 
from C to Z, <laughs> like literally C to Z. Um, but yeah, you can find me right on social media. I do respond to my um, direct messages and different things. So that's LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And then, of course, if you just want to shoot me an email, um, you can just go to Carlika.com and reach out to me there as well. And uh, for everyone listening, I'm going to make sure that uh, her information is right underneath this episode in the description box. You'll be able to link her directly from there if you're driving or doing anything and you heard it, but you didn't quite get it. That's okay. I'm going to make sure you get it because this is someone that you definitely want to connect with. And uh, before the show today, Carlika asked me about March Madness for Menopause. I would be honored to be a part of it. So look for us. Check it out. But uh, I want to thank you so much for coming by to drop the amazing knowledge that you've dropped today. You think that maybe I could probably get you back at some point in time in the near future? Look, you always have a yes. So you just let me know. Shoot me a um, look, 912-322-8380. Shoot me a text or something. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. Ms. Carlika Baznight Menendez. That is it for content today. If you haven't already, log on to thegrindofine.com and click on feed so that you can follow me. Make sure you click that notification bell in whatever app you choose so that you are updated when I upload. Also, feel free to subscribe to The Grind to Find. That way you'll get the behind the scenes tea in addition to some other things that are going on with me as well as terrellandmichelle.com. A big thank you to Carlika Night Menendez for stopping by TGD Studios today. I hope you found this conversation as fruitful as I did. Uh, it was a wonderful time with her. And uh, as always, great, great information. No matter what you're going to or what you're going through, Know that there's always a bigger picture to stay focused on. Have a fantastic weekend. And no matter what, always define your grind and never let the grind define you. Terrell and Michelle here. Until next time, peace and abundant blessings.